Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now, I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then and you're re- Reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? Yeah. You know, that is such an important question and certainly one that we're going to be looking at as we look at sexual addiction. Now, the truth is wow, we've got all sorts of people listening to the show. We've got people in good recovery. We've got people that are not in recovery. We have partners, really traumatized partners. We have partners that really have figured out how to increase their self-care and manage the collateral damage of sex addiction. But today, um, I'm really excited. I, you know, I have those two coaching principles, and they are they are actually to go in for the big ask, right? You always go in for the big ask because you know that that's important. And then the second thing that I ask for people to try is to be 100% responsible for their behavior. And I have to admit, um, maybe a month, six weeks ago, I got an email from somebody who said, hey, you made this offer before, I'd like to come on the show, and I'd like to share all the exciting things that I'm doing. And I was like, wow, that's really good. Um, She is going in for the big ask, and she knows she has a lot to offer the community. And so after the holidays and getting her on the schedule, I'm really excited because I've got Karina Kaufman, who is going to be talking about, gosh, her her speaking, her writing, and her mission to create service for other people. And so 
she's going to be coming on in the next couple of minutes, and we really want to hear how somebody has transformed their life to make have a statement of post-traumatic growth, so I'm real excited to be working with her, and I hope she'll call in soon. So the truth is that, you know, so many of you have things to give. You really may not feel it today, whether you're an addict working on recovery or you're, um, or you're really a partner who's dealing with trauma. And what I know is that either one of you can look at what you need to do to make it your own. You you know, really, I want you to know that the sky is the limit. And when we are dealing with, when we're dealing with what it is that you think you can offer the world, well, then, gosh, you can begin to make that happen. So I'm going to challenge you to figure that out. What can you do to make it your own? What can you do to offer to the world something that, so important, something that is so amazingly, um, well, you know, you, you may not even think it's important, but if you've got something you want to offer, wow, if you offer it, even if you don't feel ready, guess what happens? Things around you change, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for change, Right? And I know, boy, do I ever know, when you, and I do mean you, take that risk and take your own, you make a big, big situation better. So, what I, what I know. I know that you can do this. I know that you can make it your own, and you can, if you will, you can find lots of different ways to make a difference. Now, if you've had to think, what is one thing that God has been tugging on, your higher power has been tugging on and saying, hey, I think you should do this, and you're saying, no way. I am an addict, and I'm, I'm not yet fully confident. Or I'm a partner, and I still feel like I am reeling from the issue. What would that be? Do you know? What, do you, what would it be? So I know you're sitting there, you're thinking you can't do it. But you can do it. You can make a difference. And you can start now before you even feel ready. And I promise you, it will build on yourself. It will build on that positive energy 
And that's what counts, is that it builds on that positive energy. All right. This woman that I'm interviewing today, she has made that happen. She has, in a way, she's living out her dreams. And that's why I wanted you to hear her. I felt it was so important for you to, if you will, get to, to meet her, to hear how it all started. There we go. Um, okay. So, anyways, you know, often, oftentimes when I am oh, hello. talking with a oh, hello. Hello, 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 how are you? Am I on the phone? Uh, do I speak on the phone or do I speak on the Zoom? Oh, you my speak God. On Zoom. No, oh, go ahead. I, I speak on the phone. I speak on Zoom. Um, the Zoom just sent Yes, I know. So, so let me keep talking. You're fine. Okay. And I want to introduce you. This is Karina. Karina Kaufman. And I'm telling you, she has made it her mission to change the lives of people everywhere. So, Karina, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Hey, how did you find me? Well, how tell the listening audience, how did you find me? Well, I am so grateful that I did find you, for one, Carol, and I hope every sex addict, every every man with intimacy disorder, as I just learned that it can also be called, which sounds a little less horrible, I hope that every man and also every wife, every partner of an intimacy disordered person finds you because, of course, I found you the way most people find you because their partner has a problem, you know, whether it's male or female. That, and so he went, he went to a program that used your book. Somehow I found your book in my research, and I'm so grateful that he started his healing with your book, Help Her Heal. Oh. Thank you so much. So that's how it all got started. And you found me and you contacted me. And you are in that stage of post-traumatic growth, aren't you? I feel like I am in a simply amazing place. We are two years in the program, you know, since uh, uh, the discovery. The beginning of Mm -hmm. the discovery was those death by many stab wounds sort of thing. It was a, you know, trickle down discovery, disclosure, because it's so hard for the men to admit it all at once, right? So um, we, we are now in such a good place because I was very, very lucky. I had already had many, many years of working on myself, basically, since I was a teenager, and I realized I had issues. And so I've been working on myself that included also the 12-step program um, for about 50 years. <laughs> so when my husband, came, when it became clear that he was an addict, I had a very different reaction to most women. I was so relieved that he was now going to get help. 
and I pushed down a lot of my feelings and it was all about helping him and supporting him with what I knew and with the tools in my book. And, you know, over the, over the time, over these past two years, I've learned that I do have pain that I need to honor and acknowledge and, you know, put my hand on my chest sort of thing and go, it's okay. You can feel the pain. I'm here. You know, that sort of thing. Um, I just, I just want to share though, that it's really possible to move along and to get to a good place pretty soon. You know, I see people, you know, years and years in the program, not looking too happy. So I'm hoping that I might have something to add for the addicts and their partners. My book. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. And, And the other thing that I love is that you are dealing with life from that perspective and you have a desire to help others. And, you know, not everybody puts into action what they want to do. And so that's why um, I think that you're amazing. Now, you even wrote, uh, can you tell us a little bit about it and what made you write it? So it's a book called How to Quit Whatever You Want to Quit, 10 Steps to Overcoming Lifelong Addictions. And I wrote it because, you know, I, I had this eating disorder. I, it really started when I was a little girl when, you know, I mean, as we all know, things start when you're little, right? No blame on the parents. Right. It's just We just say it the way it is, right? It's a family of origin stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no good training about feelings and how to deal with them. So we just ate a lot of sugar in my family. So it really started when I was very young. Um, but by the time I was 16, I was really out of control. And then, um, so I had it really bad. I lost jobs because of my eating disorder. And then by the time I was 36, I had 16 years of recovery in AA because I had found a way for, I had been brought to Overeaters Anonymous, couldn't do it. I was a slipper for 17 years. So that's another thing. I want to talk about my affinity for slippers because that's what I was in OA for 17 years. But I went to AA to support my Overeaters Anonymous program, and I got 15 years of sobriety there. And I Mm. started losing weight and feeling good, and everybody would ask me, how did you do it? So I finally wrote it down. I wrote down how I did it, what worked for me. I wrote everything down that that uh, that I did at that point. And I, I might be about to, uh, well, I have sort of started writing another book because I've learned more tools since I finished writing it, and I want to share those other tools as well. Okay. But in the meantime, tell us about this book. Like, go through the chapters, if you will, and go through it so that people would know if they're going to get the book, what they might expect. Okay. I will do that. And so here's my little – it's a little four-by-six book, so you can have it in your back pocket or in your little purse, even a little clutch. It's so small. So I Mm -hmm. go and I will give you my ten steps, okay? And it might be – feelings about this. I have, I I wish like about 30 people would come to me, Uh, some of them slippers, 
some of them people that are just starting and and I'd really like to know if people could start with this book as opposed to using it as a graduate school kind of book, you know, because I think it's important to stop the addictive behavior first, right? So you stop it for a while and then and you work the steps and then here are mine. Mine, my okay. steps are one, change your thoughts now. And again, each one of my steps is based on how I overcame a 20-year eating disorder and how for 30-plus years now I have maintained a size of 113 pounds. I was close to 200 pounds. So this is how I did it. I watched my thoughts 24 hours a day. Uh, well, of course, I'm not, when I'm sleeping, I'm not. Um, read you the, a very important quote that is in the beginning beginning of my book I know it by heart it says it says um uh oh my goodness you know when you're nervous you forget things so the quote is from Thomas Paine and and it talks about how important it is to watch your thoughts and if you watch your thoughts well you will achieve freedom and i think it's here it is it's eternal vigilance is the price of freedom, okay? So what that means mm-hmm. is, to me, again, how I did it, is I watched my thoughts every moment, every single moment, because my behaviors I learned were a result of my thoughts. So if my thoughts were clean and good and relaxed and healthy, I was not in danger. So that's why I put that as my step one, to watch my thoughts. Okay, so my second, mm-hmm. ch- change your thoughts. So if your thoughts are not aligned with how, what kind of a life and the recovery you want to have, then you need to change your thoughts, right? So the second what? step is breathe deeply and breathe well. Well, I, th- this is something that I'll be adding to my next book is I just discovered a, a, a modality, and this is what I'm all about. I'm all about sharing Everything I'm learning to help you because it's helping me. So even though mm-hmm. I'm just learning this, you know, at this late stage, almost 70 years old, it's amazing and it's helping me breathe deeply. And it's something called Jin Shin Jitsu, and it's not a martial arts. It's a light, it's a Japanese um, technique of light pressure on certain points. And so that has been a big part of my feeling great right now after two years of my husband's sobriety, right? So now, Mm -hmm. so the third step is move your body. And the reason I put that in there is because let's say, for example, you're on a couch, you have an, you know, or, or you're in front of your computer and all of a sudden your thoughts are going somewhere where they shouldn't go. You change your thoughts, you take a deep breath and you get away from the computer. You, you, you physically move. Okay, and I found really helpful. And then number four, discover the source of your strength. That is my, is that, that's where I bring in my connection with higher power. I call my, my higher power God, but for the sake of this show, I'll use the higher power term. And, you know, when, um, when you start doing okay, when you start not giving in to your uh, impulses and you start, it looks like you're getting some success. Well, the reason I put that in there is where do you think that's coming from? 
You know, it's probably coming from. That's right, exactly. And so it's really important to to find out what your higher power is, to have a connection with your higher power, no matter what you call it, whether it's nature, whether it's the group, whatever it is, but really discover it and acknowledge it. And for me, I talk about God in the first paragraph of my book because I'm very grateful. I always had a a non-religious connection with God. I I go direct and, you know, it's it's great. So number five. Okay, now. This is something that I talked about very much um, because, you know, we're all brought up to be modest and, um, you know, self-effacing. We don't want to you know, let people know that we're, like, proud of ourselves. It's That's all backwards. My belief system, and this is also part of another program that I'd like to tell everybody about that um, that no one knows. I'm one of the very, very few people that know about this program. I can't wait to tell you about it. But anyway, it comes from this program. And it's number five is pat yourself on the back. It's very important to say good for me. Who would have known, Right. Well, in this other program mm-hmm. I go to, they when you are not doing that, when you're not endorsing, they call pat yourself on the back endorsing, you are indicting, which is a big word for you're putting yourself down, your mind is in this probably dysfunctional loop, negative in some way. So it's important to constantly pat yourself on the back, constantly endorse. Good for me, I woke up sober. Good for me, you know. Good for me all yeah. day. And Good for you know me. What? I really believe in what you're saying. I mean, it really. So many people say, "Well, that sounds conceited," or "You're not being humble." But the truth is, there is so much negative talk. I mean, we have sixty thousand negative thoughts a day, and so we need to self-parent. We need to be our kindest self. We need to offer ourselves gentle compassion. And that's what this chapter is all about, correct? That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Exactly. It really, it sounds silly, but it needs to be all day long, all day long. So yes, I'm glad that to hear your your um, understanding in this, of this and you're endorsing what I'm saying because it's so important, you know, and 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 isn't it true that we're not raised to, you know, say, well, nowadays, nowadays, parents have learned it's important to tell kids good for you, right? But when I was a kid, and I'm almost 70, um, that was a long time ago, and people didn't do that. So I've had to learn how to do that. So number six, mm-hmm. on something you just mentioned, which is number six is learn to really know and love and nurture your relationship to the voice in the wave. So I need to explain Mm. what it means. And when you read the whole book, all this makes much more sense. So I would feel, I felt like when I, so as a food addict, right, when I heard, or, you know, I was, um, it would work with cigarettes too or anything else. So when I wanted what I wanted and I heard this voice, it would sound, so it was definitely a voice in my head that would say most of the time, I want cake now, right? So there was this voice. Well, 
who was that voice. So that's part, there are two parts of step. One is to figure out who the voice is, and that's a beautiful story that, Carol, you touched on. And the other feeling about the wave is that when I heard that voice, it was like this big wave was coming over me, and it was going to totally knock me down, you know, turn me upside down, and throw, spit me out on the beach all sandy and waterlogged and, and confused, right, if I listened mm-hmm. to it. But what happened, and what happened is I learned that there was a voice, that the voice in the wave was my little child who would have mm-hmm. known. So what happened with me was I went to a therapist who said I was in, in the in the, uh mid-80s, early to mid-80s, that I was fresh from the East Coast, and this was a California therapist who said something about the inner child, and I fired her. You know, that's ridiculous California nonsense. So I went out and on my not-so-merry way, continued to binge, and one day I heard that voice, and all of a sudden, after I heard that voice that said, I want cake now, I thought of her, and I thought, what if there's a little child inside of me? And what if this voice that wants cake is connected to her? Maybe it's her. So I sat down. I'll never forget. I had the grace of a few seconds. Normally addicts don't even have a few seconds. That's why it's so important to not get to the point of hearing, you know, the the emergency because, That's a very dangerous place to be. But by the grace of God, that day, I had time to walk over to a tree, sit down, and close my eyes. I must have known it was a big deal what I was doing. I closed my eyes. I went inside, and I said, if there is a little child now inside me now, what are you feeling? Right? And connecting that voice with the possibility of that little child. And do you know? I saw her, I heard her, she was really angry, and she, what she said was, I'm angry, and I want to be loved anyway, and all of a sudden, I realized that I was the parent of a very angry little child, and it was my job to help her, and to raise her, and to help her heal, right? Look at the title of your book. Right. So... Mm-hmm. So that that is, to me, that was the pivoting point to me, was when I realized that the voice was a part of me, the small part of me, who needed me, who needed something. And over the years, she would let me know, you know, um, that she was tired or that she was lonely or that she was hungry or sad or whatever. And I immediately became, in that moment, her nurturing parent. And when I would write to her, I'd put NP and LC because sometimes I would hear that voice and I'd go, okay, honey, let's write. And I'd put NP, what are you feeling? And LC and then what she was feeling. And, you know, so I would write, I would talk. So that is step number six. And that's so important to meet your inner child, which is something I've been talking about since the mid-80s now, you know. And finally now, it's common knowledge 
except it wasn't at that point. I, I, I have to, I, I want to say that I love the fact that ACA has embraced that adult children of alcoholics has embraced mm-hmm. the um, inner child because I'm looking for programs, meetings for my daughter, for my husband, and and uh, I love the, like the first step or something talks about the inner child or the the first page in the book that they just. They know that that's the road to recovery. And I feel sadly that the 12 steps are missing the boat by not including that, you know. But they didn't know back then. It was a bunch of men who are trying to not drink, and they didn't know about this. So I include this in my 12 steps, 10 steps, because I couldn't do it without it, you know. 16 years of sobriety, I go home. And binge my brains out because I couldn't overcome the eating disorder, even with the not drinking. So um, that's number six. So important. Number seven, it's really important to notice how you talk. Okay, a lot of people talk in a very negative way about themselves or about life. My bless, bless his heart, my brother, who really wants to quit his job but will be nice and wait for them to find a replacement. He says it won't happen soon. And so it won't happen soon. See, and I'm going to see if I can maybe ask him to do an experiment and try to say, even though he doesn't believe it, just for me, just to say maybe it might happen soon, even though it it probably won't, you know, just to put a little Mm -hmm. bit of positivity because, you know, what you put out, you get back, just like Einstein's quote. Energy is everything, you know. What you put out, you get back. Look it up. It's a great quote. So that's number seven. Only speak positive words about life, about yourself. And so you're always listening as part of your, you know, watching your thoughts. And number eight, so important. They're also important. You know, I really didn't know what to put first because, uh, they're also so important. The language is as important as your thoughts and being grateful. Number eight is make a blessings roster. And that is so important because gratitude, it's all about gratitude. I mean, you know, if you if you can stand, if you've got all your moving parts, even if you can't stand, but you can get around, I mean, if you can see, I, I mean, we need to find things to be grateful for, the smallest things. The smallest, small things. And because being grateful somehow changes how your heart feels. You will start to feel better if you're grateful. And I have something in that step, step number eight. It's called A to Z. Make a blessings roster from A to Z. So you can, you know, start with simple things. You know, what are you grateful for that starts with an A? Um, You know, apples if you like apples. Or, you know, that you're an aware person or abstinence because you're abstaining. And then you keep working down all the way to Z. But most probably by the time you get to H or J, you'll be feeling better. So that's number eight. Let me just ask, Karina, let me just ask you. Yeah. You said it's a little book, but it's packed with what I call our coaching principles. Every single one of them is either a coaching principle or a recovery principle. And they're the important ones. And I'm so happy that you've done that. How can people get your book? 
Well, they can book, get my book by emailing me. They can email okay. me at two different emails. The easier one to say, I don't have to spell it because everybody knows how to spell seaweed and artist. It's seaweedartist at gmail.com because that's my other passion besides helping people is I'm a seaweed artist. So seaweedartist at gmail.com. If, if you're confused, it's S-E-A-W-E-E-D, artist at gmail.com. So that's how they, they can email me and I will send it to them. Okay, and you can't really go into how much it costs, but they're able I, to pay for it on your website. Um, yes, oh yes, there is, and we do Venmo and all that. It's very inexpensive, and you know, even though it's so little, um, yes, it is packed with so much great stuff, and it's only 75 pages because I really, I you know, I – edited and re-edited and re-edited just so I, there wouldn't be any wasted sentences. It's really in a nutshell. It's, you know, it's short and sweet. And the reason I made it so small, too, is because when, when you have an, an, an active addict, they need help right now. I needed this book right now, you know, 18 years ago, and I needed to be able to read it right away and get, get help right away. And that's, book it is where you can read it and get help right now in 45 minutes you could read this book wow so that's okay. why it's very good yeah okay so, now so I can, you, this one. let me let me ask you something you are so excited yeah. you should got to give me time to ask you questions <laughs> i really want no that's okay i really want to know because no, I want to know what you want to do next in your life. Oh, okay. This is so important. I want to help people who, especially the slippers, I want to have a program, let's call it Saturday or Sunday, successful at slippers, right? Because I want people to start accumulating not just days of sobriety, but I want people to have good relationships. Oh, there, by the way, in, um, for sex addicts, uh, there's this wonderful program called Recovering Couples Anonymous. And, again, it's just based on the 12 steps. They don't want to hear anything about my steps, but you can hear about them for me and, and add it to the 12 steps, you know. But um, so it's a good program. I would like in the future to have my own version of Recovering Couples Anonymous, uh, maybe a slightly different name that's based on um, my 10 steps because, again, I just don't feel like, for me, the 12 steps wasn't enough, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and so, so what I want to do is I want to focus on, I want to, I want to help addicts and I don't have much time left on this planet. So sign up now. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping in the next 10 years or so I can, I, my biggest goal is to have a group based on my 10 steps and it would be very different mm-hmm. than Again, uh, the AA meetings where there's a lot of whining and complaining and sad stories. And in my meeting, there's no whining, only positive shares from, you know, what happened, the difficult situation I was in last week and what I did. I used these tools and I succeeded. And that's what we bring to the meeting, the successes for the time before, from, you know, the week before. And, and we listen to other people having successes and 
uh, oh, this is where I need to tell people that there's this other program that no one knows about that I would also, of course, be part of my 10 steps. And it's in my little book. And it's a program called recoveryinternational.org. It's not .com, it's .org. And it's not religious at all. And Uh it's a program that was started in the 20s, and it's for mental health. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And that helped me get well, and that's why it's in my little books. It's not part of the 10 steps, but it's in the little book. The um, uh-huh. the how do we do the program? Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask so, you. Yeah. What do you see as your strength? Well, one of one of my biggest strengths is that I've I've been where addicts are. I've been I've been suicidal for years and years, if not decades. Because when you can't control something so basic, it's really depressing. You know, it's really depressing. And when you're, when, maybe when you have an intimacy disorder, maybe it doesn't show on the outside so much, but when you have an eating disorder and you're almost 200 pounds, you're wearing your disorder. And, you know, I couldn't have anybody watch me eat because, you know, when you watch someone eat who's so much overweight, it's like, why are they eating? Why should, you know, why are they not on a diet or just not eating, you know? So I wore my eating disorder and, So I have suffered, you know, I've really suffered. And recently, recently, so I, so just to to give you, to give you a quick, quick uh, synopsis of my suffering and still I'm able to be joyous and excited and love life, right? So that's what I have to offer is I want you to get there too. So I not only had the eating disorder for 20 years, but I had two brain surgeries and, you know, towards the end and, and uh, yeah two brain surgeries in there. And then I married a man who's a sex addict, you know, intimacy disordered person who was not only uh, that kind of an addict, but he was completely, completely enmeshed with his daughter who was wife number one. I was wife number two for 20, you know, years. And then he was also a pothead. So I lived, I had, and I didn't really know any of that stuff until I married him three years after I met him. Um, so I didn't realize what a problem all this was. And I hung in there. I stuck in there, stuck with it. And so I've been through a lot, you know, personally before I met him and, and the 20 years where I was married to a sex addict and it was pretty brutal, you know, um, he only went out only eight years, but still, you know, there was a lot of dysfunction and we now have, uh, um, we we see ourselves as probably 1% of sex addict couples because we we adore each other we have great intimacy and we're goofy fun people and we have an amazing life and i want to share that maybe he'll be part of my doing the you know the groups maybe we could both do a we were recently asked to sponsor someone for the first time which is such an honor cuz that means People in your group, in your RCA group, are seeing you, and they want what you have. And that's what, when they ask you to help them. And so clearly we are doing the right thing because people want what we have. And all of this, well, you know, is part of it, what I'm sharing with you. I guess. Yeah, and, and you're getting to do it with him, and that is amazing. I want to share with my listening audience that I'm talking with Karina Kaufman. 
who has just talked about the different ways that she is wanting to contribute to the world. So, Karina, I want to recommend that my listening audience get a hold of you by going to www.seaweedartist.com, and that's S-E-A-W-E-E-D-A-R-T-I-S-T.com. That's where they can purchase your book. And we have to end. And as we end for today, is there one more statement that you can make that will inspire our listeners to do the next thing? Um, I, want, I want to encourage them to watch their thinking and have their thinking be positive. And if it's not, to make it be positive right away because you won't do anything negative if, you're, if your thinking is positive. And I want to let them know that if I can do this, myself and then if i can you know have a healed marriage with my husband you can too don't give up and just keep looking for what else is out there if what you're doing is not enough and do carol's book you must do carol's book help her heal (laughs) thank you so much karina you have been an inspiration to us all and continued success as you put together that group and change the lives of couples forever. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Carol. It's been an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege. Aw, make it a good one. Talk to you later. And so, obviously, you heard her energy. You can do that, too. I promise. I know that you've got it to give. So why don't you write it down, make it happen, create an action plan, start out small, but continue to focus in the right direction. You're listening to Sex Help with Carol the Coach, and as I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times, so fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. And uh, I think you probably could tell, I had a little dental surgery today, so... I still got kind of a numb mouth. Sorry about that. Uh, Live your best life. And we'll catch you next week.